Welcome everyone, I'm Heather Welch from EDX Education and today we'll be in conversation with Laura Henry Alain discussing homeschooling and where do we start. Welcome Laura and thank you for joining EDX Education today to talk about homeschooling and in particular your area of expertise, the early years, which you have been working in for more than three decades. With schools closing and homeschooling commencing, parents are looking for a little guidance and advice from the experts. So we'll chat about routines, work-life balance, and also simple play ideas. First of all, congratulations on your new children's series on BBC called Jojo and Gran Gran. My children have enjoyed watching it over the last two weeks. We love the theme of family and a significant elder in everyday situations. The internet wasn't working when trying to video chat with family. So Jojo went off and Gran Gran to get a stamp from the post office and learn how the postal system works. Also, my little boy mentioned to me, it's a very catchy theme song. For those that haven't seen Jojo and Gran Gran, can you tell them a little bit about the children's series and how it came about? So Jojo and Gran Gran, which is on BBC CBBS, currently on iPlayer, it's a, a series about a little girl called Jojo and her grandmother and Gran Gran cares for Jojo while her parents are at work and every day they do a variety of activities and experiences. It could be going to the post office, to the park, to the seaside. And the beauty of the animation is that there's also some life sequences where you have children also talking about their experiences linked to the episode. Um, it's been actually looking at some of the stats from last week. It's the highest, currently the highest CBBS program that's been viewed. So I'm delighted about that. And I suppose how it came about around 11 years ago, my beloved grandmother passed away and she was 101 years of age. And naturally I was grief stricken. So as a point of that, um, a few months after, I recalled a story that she shared with myself and my sons when we visited her the last time I saw her. She was 101, yes, 101. <laughs> and she said when I was little, she used to visit us on a Sunday when she lived in the UK. And I'm one of six children. And out of my siblings, I'd be the only one at the window getting really excited, jumping up and down, saying, Mama's coming, Mama's coming. And we called my grandmother as a term of endearment, affectionately, Mama. So she recalled that memory back to me, obviously, because I was probably was ridiculously young. I didn't remember that. So that was the beginning of the first book, which was Jojo and Grand Grand in a week. There's a second book called 12 and a Half Days Till Christmas. And the BBC, it's been quite an ongoing thing, I would say in the making, probably about five, six years, and then two years ago it was commissioned. And then around three weeks ago, we went live with Jojo and Grand Grand, which is a 44 episodes first 11 have been shown, the next 11 in the summer, then we have autumn and winter, and yes, the theme is around uh, the seasons. Fantastic. We look forward to the next series of Jojo and Grand Grand being released. We've actually watched all 11 in this household, just to let you know. So, Amazing. Uh, 
Thank you, Laura. Let's chat routines. So, as you know, many parents are struggling with this, with homeschooling, working full time. And we just want to know how long should a homeschooling day last? That's an interesting question, Heather, and one that I've been asked quite a few times by colleagues and parents alike. My boys now are 26 and 22, so I don't have little ones. But my reflections that I share is your every family is unique and you have to do what works for you. Um, I know naturally some countries, especially in the UK now, we would have been on the spring Easter break, so there would have been no work. Mm -hmm. And there was a difference to traditional homeschooling. There are a lot of there are a few parents who do already homeschool, but what parents have been asked to do, and I commend them, you know, I give them a massive clap for this overnight there's been no forward planning planning where we've had two months of getting ready for this overnight straight away you have to be at home we're on lockdown and plus you have to do schoolwork. parents also too if they're not going into furlong have to be working from home themselves so that's their own work they're having to do support their children with the work that's coming from the schools and my thing i would say to parents is if your child doesn't feel in the mood for doing any set work, don't do it. There is more to life. We're going to get so many children now as a result of this suffering from post-traumatic stress because it's new to them. A couple of weeks ago, a friend of mine spoke to her, her, her little girls, probably age three, and she's saying, well, mommy, why can't I go and see my friends mm -hmm. at nursery? What's going on? You know, you and I have... a we're an adult, we can comprehend and we can vocalise the wider picture, why it's important. But imagine a two, three and four year old. So my message would be, please, please, please don't be thinking if your school or nursery says you have to log on at nine o'clock, right the way till three o'clock, please don't feel un under any pressure to do that. Um, your child is not going to regress from having taken a pause for the cause. And I would just say, please go with the flow. Yes, a lot of my teaching colleagues have worked very hard to get lots of stuff ready and good to go. But if your child is not feeling it, please leave them. If they have a month, two months of instability in terms of the academia that they're doing, it's not going to predict what university they get to. So I think the main message for me is support your child with their personal, social, emotional development, lots of laughing, lots of playing, and then the other side of that will, will come through. Thank you, I think that's a really important point, the personal, social, emotional development at this time, because our children, as you said, they just don't understand. And so we just need to work with, go with the flow, I like that. <laughs> um, listen, the next one that we're struggling with is screen time. So when older children need a screen, if you've got multiple ages and younger children want a screen. So, I mean, I suppose there's got to be different rules for different age groups. How would you, got any suggestions for how to manage this? I think, yeah, that's an important question around screen time because automatically you know over the years we've had many conversations reduce screen time for your children <laughs> then actually now by default we're having to use screen time 
for many um, children with their schools and nurseries, etc. Well, I think, you know, let's be sensible about it. How can we use screen time as a point of learning? Um, so I would say, break that down and think, how can you, what I would say, the rhythm and the flow of the day. So again, think about what works for you and your family. For me, I, I get myself into a routine. I started the second week getting up, doing some exercising, shower, breakfast, then getting to doing my daily work. And maybe you could do that with your family as well. And then I think in terms of screen time, think about, A, what do you need the screen time for? Can you do other things in terms of playing games, making up make-believe games, doing things in your house, cooking, domestic duties together as a family and think as a screen time um, as a way that supports what you're you're doing and not thinking that you have to be on it all the time and one of the positive things of having tablet tablets laptops computers phones is as we know we're in lockdown and so many families with family friends and colleagues around the world are using that so children are um you know, video conferencing, grandparents, grandparents are telling stories by video conferencing, keeping those connections going. So I would say, you know, just be sensible about what we're using the screen time for. And obviously a little red flag there. I know I'm preaching to the converted group parents, making sure the filters are on if your children are using the screens independently by themselves, that the filters are on, um, making sure that there's no adult content that creeps in because I know there was a story last week that came through the press about a media that we're actually using now that inappropriate images were, were coming through so just double check that and I think irrespective of your child even if they're a teenager just making sure what are they viewing have you got those locks on so negativity and inappropriate stuff doesn't come through Thank you, Laura. Prioritising screen time is so important in families. And yes, the filters, uh, yeah, there's always a way to get through, but if you could at least try your best to protect our family, which is always a good thing. Look, one Absolutely. Thing that, one thing that we're all struggling with is definitely work-life balance. I know myself working full-time with two small children homeschooling results in a 4am wake-up to work until 9 um, look, when homeschooling, how do you balance work and family time? General house duties, if you've got any tips. I'm all ears. I know most parents are. <laughs> I think, Heather, that's a really, really good one. And I think you're right in saying that what you're doing is waking up at four o'clock, getting that done before you get into the, you know, the rhythm and the flow with your own children. And that's what I used to do when my were little. Um, I actually used to get up, say about five o'clock, crack on with some computer work, then do breakfast, getting them ready for school, et cetera. So I think again, if you are a parent and you have to continue with your day job as well as look after your children, because parents now are spinning about 20 different hats <laughs> throughout the course of the day, you know, and again, it's happened to them overnight. So I literally have to congratulate parents for, for stepping up and, and doing this. And I think for me, it's, you know, depending on which country you're listening, depending on where you are in your current stage of COVID, if you can still have those daily walks, I think they're important to factor in that bit of fresh air, mindful that not every single family 
has a garden, has a balcony. So those daily walks for half an hour, an hour, just to get out and get some vitamin D. It's currently raining now in London, but hey. <laughs> and, and I think, have discussions with your children about, you know, mummy, daddy, we need to work. What do you think? So I would, I would be, come from a point around age, stage, and ability appropriate. Ask your, your children um, what works for, for them. We need to do this. You need to do your schoolwork. I need to crack on with my work. Let's have those times. One of the things I would also to say, again, depending on the age of your child, if they're in their bedroom doing their own work or having some time doing their own um, sort of like gaming or, you know, whatever, have some times to check in throughout the course of the day, albeit if it's morning, you know, snack time. So just come together, maybe share some fruit and some some crackers and just have a little chat over, you know, juice, water, tea, coffee for 15 minutes, half an hour. And then again, I think at lunchtime and then again, I think around in the afternoon, if you're fortunate to have different rooms in your house or even if you're in the same room and, all, and everybody's working independently, I think it is important that... Um, that you do that throughout the course of the day, have those regular check-ins, you know, what's gone on for you this morning, how's everybody, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Or it could not just be talking about schoolwork if your child's able to work independently. It could just be having a, you know, a conversation as you would normally do as a family. I must admit, uh, Laura, the best part of my day is walking in the woods for an hour as we're still yeah. allowed out when there's no one in the woods near us. So that's actually one of the, my most favorite parts with the boys during the day at the moment. Um, exactly. I, I agree with the connectedness, so coming together, I mean, three, three or four times, whenever you can each day in between, you know, what you have to do with the homeschooling and working. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think Trevor, the other thing to, to add there is um, if parents are, really struggling and thinking oh my goodness me um i cannot cope with their their work have a conversation with their line manager and discuss you know i i know parents who've got three children under five and the challenges there mm. to say you know listen i'm really struggling and don't be afraid to say that you're struggling reach out and i think any line manager they're going to be sympathetic and understand it's challenging times for everybody and say you know listen this particular deadline it's not working for me i cannot join into that zoom call so if you are a parent and you find that you're being bombarded from work with your line manager call them and just to say this is what's going on for me because one of the things that we have to be mindful of is people's mental health and well-being throughout the whole of this and thereafter because i can say we're going to have such a need for mental health support post-covid that's yeah i i think mental health and balance is something that i think we're all struggling with at the moment definitely Absolutely. next i suppose this is a concern i mean even as a parent and i'm a trained teacher as well but i still Parents are really concerned, and this is something I've heard a lot, about children not reaching their educational goals and falling behind. I suppose, how do you feel about this? I think some, I think I alluded to this in one of the earlier questions. And I, my personal view, 
and my professional view is I would say to parents, please, please, please not worry about children falling behind. And I would strongly say, have that right down at your agenda. As you know, for instance, we are all struggling, even as, as adults. I sometimes switch off my laptop at the end of the day. And I think, oh my God, I was halfway through that email. I didn't send it. Because my our brains are like mush. And because of the way that we need to adapt, there are going to be some of your children who have regressed. And it's their body's way of saying that it's under stress that it's going through certain bits of change so one of the things something may be happening for a child is that they may have been dry during the day during the night time and then all of a sudden they start wetting themselves that's a regression that's obviously their body saying to them as a child something is is not right so your if your child is struggling with their emotions don't be thinking of making them do a certain piece of work. They are not going to, um, to fall behind. Yes, they may naturally fall behind in a particular area. It could be maths, it could be English, especially if it's an area that wasn't their particular um, strength, what they were studying. And I think, as I said, the majority of people who listen to this would have naturally been on their Easter holidays now. So just use this time to reflect engage have lots of laughter laughter's good for the soul then pick it back up if you do notice yourself that your child is getting behind in their academia have a conversation with their teacher but don't make it the be end and end all and don't make your child feel because children pick things up subconsciously and i would say maybe um end of april beginning of may see where your child is at but i wouldn't be really and truly particularly worrying that children are falling behind because children do retain a lot of information children are very good at picking up and um, facts and figures very very quickly for me it, most important and also to if children's emotional social emotional development is dented um as a result of this it is going to take them a lot longer to get where they were with their academia. Hence why the focus needs to be supporting children with their emotions and well-being. So I would say, and I keep on reiterating this, the need for laughter as being good for the soul, play, exercising, as you said, Heather, you're fortunate to have the woods, walking, all of these things that get our endorphins going that make us feel good about ourselves. Laura, thank you. I hope that guidance alleviates parents, I suppose, pain, concern at the moment. And I love the idea of the reflect and engage, just as a connect as a family, as a unit together, which is, I think, really important. Um, next, we're going to look at simple play ideas. I know that with early years, I have a two-year-old myself. And how do you get your children interested in an activity for more than 10 minutes, especially in the early, e in the early years? I think again it's age stage and ability appropriate and for me I wouldn't necessarily see a two-year-old sitting down for long periods <laughs> of time because of their attention span so COVID or no COVID you wouldn't get a two-year-old sitting down for a long period of time and one of the things you'd need to be thinking of which I could for um, parents to think to look at official guidelines on children's developmental milestones so what would a two-year-old be doing what would a three-year-old be doing 
and I think again do things that tap into your child's interest so for instance if your child is interested in in trains read books and stories facts and fiction books linked into trains get them to be thinking about painting and drawing writing about trains if they're a bit older write a story about a train from a geography perspective what does trains and transportation look like around the world so for me it's about following your child's interest and how you and then pick up on that and then add to it and scaffold their interest because the learning will come from from something simple that they're interested in praise and follow your child i love that that's actually that always works with my little boys especially if I want them to do something that they're not interested, there's no way. They wouldn't even blink their eyelid. They'd just walk the other way. Um, Absolutely. Listen, the, the last one I was actually going to talk to you about is, um, as you know, you're in the thick of it, you've got, you've seen, you speak to teachers, parents, and early ed educators all over the UK, all over the world. I was just going to ask, do you have a few interactive education experiences available for primary and early years online? It might be some things that they can download or even to do online. I know that NASA put one out for space. I was just wondering if there's any family favorites that you have to suggest, Laura. Yeah, there's a really good one um, that I'm involved in and promoting by, it's been put on by academics and teachers and head teachers and consultants and experts. And it's, it is primarily for three and five-year-olds and it's www.eyfshome com and what's really good about that i'm doing something next week based on families again linked into jojo and grand grand and it's a really um good one again the colleagues put in together their free time um there's also to another one for teachers and called siren films they've released a free content and they've got some useful videos where i talked about um children's milestones they have a number of child development video clips so that's www.sirenfilms and sirenfilms.co.uk myself and my colleague sue atkins um, who's a parenting expert we're doing a weekly um parenting podcast where we just chat for about 15 minutes last week we talked about the importance of allowing your children to be bored yes <laughs> um, so that was an interesting one and it's just a weekly thing and there's so many others um information out there early education where i'm vice president they have a number of their journals that their 12 months journals which they've released to be free and that's www.early-education.org.uk um, and there's many other things out there lots of people doing free content as you know there's people doing fitness singing with children baking with children all of these types of things and i think one of the important things is that teachers shouldn't be in a process of having to think about what they're going to be putting online for their um for their class a lot of it's out there and it's free similarly with parents as well there's so much information and i think um 
where people have sparked soft laptops and computers getting stuff out there um hopefully there'll be some new content in you know coming up between may and june because i think we're going to be in this situation for the long haul yeah i think we're going to be in here until at least september i would i would absolutely. say when i look at it <laughs> absolutely Laura, you've had some amazing advice and guidance for parents today because we've all been thrown in the deep end. I love how you say work with the family, don't have strict routines, go with the flow of the family, look at social, emotional and development of a child rather than all the academia, especially in the early years. And just have, a con have some connected time with the family, come together, set tasks and just enjoy the time that you have. This is you know, a very interesting time for everyone, for teachers, for parents, even for children. But if we can praise them and keep their morale up, what a wonderful time. And to also, I love how you say, look at the age, stage and ability. You know, COVID or no COVID, this is what we should be looking at in the early years. There was some great advice for websites and tips from Laura as well. So please go and have a look. She's got some amazing ideas. Also, have a look, have, have a listen to Jojo and Grand Grand on CBBS. What a wonderful show. There are many resources on Laura Henry's website as well. So it's laurahenryconsultancy.co.uk. I know that she has conversation cards. She has advice for parents. She also does a blog, which she mentioned with Sue Atkins. Thank you very much, Laura. And we absolutely enjoyed having you today. Thank you to Laura Henry, Elaine, for joining us today. If you have any topics that you'd like EDX Education to cover, please reach out and happy homeschooling, everyone.